0: Do you long to walk where Jesus walked? Would you like to experience the Bible coming alive in ways you have never imagined before? Then you're invited to join me and my friend and fellow Bible teacher, Carol McLeod, in Israel, April 25th through May 4th. Imagine being baptized in the Jordan River, worshiping at the Garden of Gethsemane, taking communion at the Garden Tomb. You'll take a boat ride across the Sea of Galilee, float in the Dead Sea, and stand at the Mount of Olives. If you would like to ask questions or simply learn more about this trip, text CONNECT NOW to 94090. Signing up for connection will allow us to answer your questions, include you in our upcoming information meetings, and keep you up to date on the deadlines of the trip. Visit rolva.org for more information. rolva.org Well, welcome back to the podcast today. I'm so excited to have with me as my spe- special guest, Charlotte Gamble. With over 25 years in church leadership, Charlotte has committed her life to teach, train, and invest in others with a passion to see each person connect with their God-given purpose, both locally and globally. She has become a sought after speaker and teacher from training teams to helping bring strategic leadership and discipleship in a variety of church settings around the world. She is also the founder of Cherish Women's Conference, a global gathering of women, and has launched We Are One and the Cherish Foundation initiatives that are bringing the power of kindness into the most broken of places. Charlotte is the author of 14 books, co-founder of the Dare to Be movement, teaching pastor at Church of the Highlands USA. She also serves alongside her husband, Steve, leading Life Church with five campuses across Europe. Her deepest joy in all of this is building her family first. She is happily married to Steve for over 25 years, and they have two teenage children, miracle children, Hope Cherish and Noah Brave. Welcome, Charlotte. I'm so honored to have you on the program.
1: Thank you so much. That bio is quite
0: exhausting. (laughs) I I was going to say, I got tired just reading it. I don't know how you're doing all of these things.
1: (laughs) Well, when you read it out all at once, it sounds a lot too too much, but I guess those things all happen somewhere.
0: (laughs) That's true. Well, I first got introduced to you a few years ago. You came out to Virginia and you and Natalie Grant were at Hilton Chapel in Virginia with the Dare to Be Conference. I've followed you ever since then and... I just love your teaching style. I love the way you unpack scripture in such a practical and profound way. Love your podcast. So thank you. I know it's, it's probably spreading you thin, but we are so grateful for all the ways that you're letting God use you.
1: It's, uh, it's great to talk to you. We, we tried to connect a few times today and we got there in the end. So I'm just glad to spend a little time with you and chat a few things. That'd be great.
0: Absolutely. And there's some exciting things happening that are just launching for you. So maybe we'll just go right to that. And then I'd love to come back and talk a little bit about your story. But you just launched something yesterday that is so needed right now. It is called The Collective. It's a brand new group mentorship platform. So tell us a little bit about that before we hear more about your story.
1: Well, it's kind of funny because this you're you you're saying it like it's something that you know was really well thought through and planned, and I'd love to say that, but actually, this is actually me finally being willing to say yes to something I've been putting off for a long time. Mm. I guess because twenty-five years now in leadership, which I don't feel old enough, but I am, Um, and uh, you know, on that journey often so many times women would say to me would you ever consider mentoring me you know I'd just love to know how you do ministry and family or how how I could get some leadership advice from you in these areas it's hard to know who to talk to and my answer has always been a very swift no and I just keep moving because I'm like no I'm just not a mentor it's not who I am and I always think of like the guy in Star Wars Yoda as a mentor you know green guy and I was like just doesn't fit me and then just recently I just found God take me on a journey and say I I need you to repurpose that in your heart because there's pivotal moments of my journey that God reminded me of where it actually was lonely in the fact that there was a lot of people and I was leading a lot of people, but who do I talk to mm-hmm. about this thing? Who do I speak to about? You know, when you're leading people, they want your, their questions answered. And so you're often the seat of answering the question, but for you as a leader, you need somewhere where you can ask the question and it's safe. And there's a place where you feel that there's that iron that sharpens the iron in you. And so I just felt kind of God lift Lift the the heaviness that I'd attached to the word mentor off my mind and replace it with the lightness of Charlotte, you are really good at being a friend. You're good at that. And so just think of it that way. And I began to think about the pivotal friendships in the Bible that changed people's lives. You know, it was it was it was Jonathan that became a pivotal friend to David at a time when he just needed someone to come alongside him. Mm. It was Ruth that became a pivotal friend to Naomi when there was even a generational gap, but that friendship became something that was pivotal for both their futures. And, you know, even when Mary was carrying Jesus, the the, the, prophet, the prophecy, the angel said, hey, just so you know, FYI, there's a friend lined up already for you called Elizabeth, and she's also pregnant. And, and even in the carrying of something that was enormous, God made sure there was a friendship that could share the burden. And so I read those stories and I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can come along some, some, along someone who's pregnant with an idea, wants to birth something for the future and cheer them on because I've done that. I can come along someone alongside someone who's about to face a Goliath or has just faced a Goliath and cheer them on because I've done that. I can come alongside someone that generationally might feel, man, I don't know what it is that you need, but I can cheer you on and I can set you up to win because I've had that in my own journey. And that's when the collective began to be birthed in me. So it's only right, right now at this moment, a few hours off old that we launched it and I just said if you want to be part of this you can apply and we've been blown away by the applications within nine hours Mm. and so I know it's a God thing and I know it's a God timing so yeah I'm excited and a little nervous.
0: (laughs) No I love it I'm actually my application is on its way so I'm excited to hopefully be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Why do you think now is the moment Charlotte? We've come off of this Such a a difficult season for so many around the world. You're in Europe as we're talking. We're here in the United States. We're still walking through some of these challenges. We've faced isolation. We've faced strains in friendship, you know, strained relationships. So why did you sense that now was the moment for this to happen among women?
1: Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that uh, this whole, because we're still in lockdown in England, believe it or not, oh. so we're still restricted in where we can go and what we can do. But I think for me, if I take a step back and look at this pandemic and what's happened in the world, I think what it's, I think what it's taught us, I hope what it's taught us, is that we all thought we were so connected. Hmm. We thought we were so connected but actually the isolation has actually revealed to us how disconnected we actually were. Mm. That actually m- many of us spent our time in large crowds of a church gathering, in, in group settings where we would be with a lot of people. We would say we've got followers on our Instagram, our friends on our Facebook, but we've realized that those are not the connections that are gonna help sustain us on the journey of life. So I think actually what's happened is we've not become isolated in lockdown. We've just had a revelation that we were never really actually fully connected for many people, the level of connection that they had at the, at the, other side of this pandemic before they went into it was a level that actually is not going to help you build the kind of life that you're called to build. So I'm talking about the connection that you're vulnerable with and you're able to say, you know what, I know I'm leading, but I'm struggling. And you know what, I've been hurt. And I'm trying to help these people that have been hurt, but I've been hurt. And I need someone that can connect with me at that level and not judge me because of that. Or say, well, therefore, you can't help me because you're feeling what I feel I need help with. Mm
0: -hmm. I think
1: some of our connections have been one-sided, especially for leaders. I think in our friendships, sometimes they stay at a level that's very surface. I think in our churches, we wear masks before we ever had to wear a mask. And so our connection has been on a completely different level than who we actually really are. Mm. And so I think for me in the middle of this, I was like, man, what would it look like if actually a group could gather and actually connect in real conversations about real stuff and maybe build something that actually really does help where the help's most needed instead of trying to guess, what it is, is the question behind the question. Mm. And my prayer is that the other side of the collective, relationships will blossom. And actually, even if the collective is not the relationship group you go on to have on the rest of your journey, it would be the place where you break some stuff off you so that the people you then connect to after that, you connect at a much better level.
0: I love it Charlotte and how can people join the collective I know it just launched so where can they find out more information and
1: places are going fast so so be quick to jump on if you want to jump on right at the beginning but they just need to go to my website charlottegamble.com and there's a button right at the top says the collective it explains everything what's involved how long it's for and and all the application details are on there
0: Sounds powerful, and it's for any woman, of
1: course. Is, we yeah. have for any women. Women and, and you know, we've already had applications from from people that are the head of sports in the universities in America. We've had them from people that run a fashion business, from senior pastors to people that have just begun in youth pastoring roles. So there, there's a breadth of different people that are applying. So that's also fun to see.
0: Oh, I can't wait. So I want to talk a little bit about your story. Uh, I know you walk through a season. You you really understand the needs of women, Charlotte. And one of that has been birthed out of your season of walking through infertility. You've talked about that. You're two miracle children. I also struggle with infertility, had endometriosis severely and was told I would never have kids. So I have two miracle children of my own. So I I relate to that. So I would love to talk about that for a moment. What was that season like? What is it like looking back on it? And what do you believe the Lord showed you through that challenge that, that you walk through
1: you know I believe that you know I'm, I'm a big believer in that in every sorrow there is a seed that you get to plant in your tomorrow mm. and I think a lot of times we are so aware of the sorrow we miss the seed but I believe that the enemy, and I believe that anything that happens to us that's a trial, God can use something in that for a testimony that helps someone else. You can use that to plant a different harvest for our future. In the midst of all of that, therefore, for me, I had a mindset of, I, I, I wish I didn't have to go through it. I really, I'm not happy that I'm going through it. I'm kind of a little angry with God that I have to do this journey. And, um, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to make it pay
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Not knowing what the outcome would be. I was like, I can either be in this season and just be miserable and just write the season of my life off as disappointment, unfulfilled dreams, angry and frustrated, or I can instead decide in this season, though I'm not getting what I desire, I will draw out of this, this a lesson that actually will become something I use to make me better in the future. Mm. So for me, some of my greatest messages, I think, were birthed in that season. You know, I remember the message being birthed in me called Long Way Round." It's an old message now. But I remember I was in that season of feeling like, you know, why why does everybody keep talking about God giving them a suddenly? Because that was kind of the message that was on circuit at the time. You know, God's the God of the suddenly. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's the God of slowly. I've got no suddenly in my life. What mm. God are you praying to do? Because my God's not giving me a suddenly. And I remember getting on a plane and I was trying to fly home after being away for a long time. And there'd been a lot of storms and bad weather. And I just remember the pilot saying, you know, stay seated. I will get you there, but we're going to have to go the long way around. Mm. And I felt the spirit of God say, Charlotte, sometimes I take you the long way around. And I was reminded of that story with Mary and Martha when Lazarus was sick and they're like, come Jesus, come. And he's like, wait a minute, I'm dealing with this other person that's sick. I'm going to heal this other person first. And Jesus takes a long time to come to them and he's their friend. And then when he finally gets there, it's like, you're too late. Like Lazarus is dead. Like, Like we needed a suddenly and you came slowly. Mm. But when you read that story, they actually in that moment got an upgrade. Because actually in that moment, their miracle went from a healing to a resurrection. And actually a crowd had gathered outside of the tomb of Lazarus. And and when Jesus prayed, he said, for their sake, come Mm. out Lazarus. In other words, that went from a small miracle that could have happened in their house to a huge miracle that changed people's lives. And so sometimes we just have to have... Trust the long-term vision of the God that's seen it all before us. And that was one of the lessons I learned in my infertility. I don't see that moment yet, but I've got to trust the God that is capable of those moments. Mm. And so I think for me, infertility was emotionally draining. It could be a roller coaster for me and my husband that we felt we were on. But once we decided to choose our attitude in that season and change our perspective, it became one of those seasons where I was just extracting seed. And now my story's helped others and they've gone on to have their own miracle. It's, it's strength to someone right now that's in that struggle and it becomes fuel for someone that feels frustrated. We began adopting babies through compassion, you know, and sponsoring children. I began throwing baby showers for women that were pregnant because I was like, I'm not going to get bitter. I'm just going to throw a shower for every pregnant person.
0: <laughs> while, while you were still walking through. <laughs> while
1: I was barren. Because the Bible says, mm. sing, oh, barren woman. Burst into song. You have never had a child. Why would you sing when you're barren? Well, the only reason that you can sing when you're barren is because you've chosen to do something different than the circumstance tells you you should be doing. Mm. That you've found a place to trust that causes you to sing in a place where other people hit rock bottom. And so my way of singing, because I'm not a good singer, (laughs) my way of singing in my barrenness was to make cupcakes or buy cupcakes and throw baby showers. I'd throw baby showers for complete strangers in our church. Mm. I'm like, you're pregnant, I'm throwing you shower. (laughs) Because I just needed to sow a different seed into my
0: future, you know? Wow, and now look at what you're harvesting. That is so powerful. And now those of you that are listening and watching, now you can see how why I love her (laughs) teachings. There's so much of that. I could just sit and unpack it and talk about that. But I know you have a fresh fresh message in your heart. And this has been birthed out of this year we've come out of, of 2020, which is today I choose. And now as I hear you share about, your struggle with infertility, the extracting the seed. I can see even back then choices you were making the powerful choices that you were making to reframe the lens of, okay, God, you're, you're a slowly God for me. You're a suddenly God for someone else, but I'm not going to get discouraged and I'm not going to give into my disappointment. We've all maybe not struggled with infertility, but we've all come through this very difficult year where we maybe have felt very helpless yeah. Also here in the United States, we face political unrest and civil unrest, so many things that make us feel very, very helpless. And so yeah. I love the power of this new book that you've released, Today I Choose, because it puts the power back that we do have a choice yeah. in our attitude and so many things. So I would love for you to just share about that, how it, how it came about and, and what we can receive from this new resource.
1: Yeah, I it really did. It came out of the pandemic. And I think what happened was specifically over here, I know it was similar in America, but we're still in lockdown. So this has been over 12 months now of this intense lockdown where there's no stores open, there's no shops open, there's nothing open. You can't go anywhere. You're not supposed to leave your home. You can't see your friends. We're still there. and so And so when it first happened, you began to feel... This, this kind of overwhelming sense of restriction because all of a sudden you couldn't choose to go out your house. The choice was taken from you. You couldn't choose to go to work. You weren't allowed to go to the office. I couldn't choose to get on a plane and go preach in another country. I wasn't even allowed to get on a plane. It was against the law. We couldn't choose to send our kids to school because the school was shut. We couldn't choose to have a service in our church because churches weren't allowed to meet. You couldn't choose to sing because you weren't allowed to sing. You couldn't choose to walk out the door and into a store without a mask on your face. So all of a sudden, all the things that we every day took for granted were removed from us. And you just sensed, this kind of feeling that was creeping in on everyone of, I don't have any choices. I'm completely restricted. My life now is not my own. You know, the government are making the decisions. I don't have, a, I don't have a voice. And, and, and it was that kind of mindset that began to keep me awake at night. And I really mm-hmm. felt God say, no, you might not be able to get to choose whether you get on a plane, but you still get to choose whether you're minister. You might not be able to choose to go into a building to preach a message, but you still get to choose whether you're gonna preach with your life a message. Mm. You might not get to choose to go out of your door and and, and be with your friends and family, but you still get to choose what you're gonna do in order to reach out to people. In other words, the circumstances have restricted you, but you still have the power to choose. And so I got up the next morning and I was like in my pajamas and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna choose to preach. I have nobody here apart from my kids and the dog, and they don't wanna hear me. I, I don't know if anybody's ever gonna find this message. And I literally just got my cell phone, I, I flipped it up on a pile of books. And because at that point, I've never even done a podcast. I mean, I'm the most socially media dysfunctional person you could ever meet. It's a miracle I have any followers because it's just not something that's the top of my agenda. But anyway. I just went on my Instagram and I just literally was like, hi guys, um, don't know if anyone's going to watch this, but today I choose to bring you a message and today I choose to open the word and today I choose faith over fear. Let's talk about that. And I just talked for 10 minutes to my camera and said, you know what, same time, same place. I'll be back tomorrow. And for every day of the first lockdown, I got up and preached a brand new message every single day for 10 minutes on my social media. Well, over a million people started to watch this and and it began to spread and it became this thing. And and so then, you know, when I started it, I was like, oh, we'll be out of lockdown in like, you know, five days, 10 days. (laughs) So when we were like one week in, three weeks in, Eight weeks in, I was like, man, I, am like, I had pastor friends that were ringing me going, we're concerned for your health. Like you cannot do this every day, but <laughs> I then moved it to doing it every Monday. And so I still do it now, every Monday on my Instagram feed. You've probably seen it. I'll preach a message. And it just became this community of people that were like, okay, every Monday I would tune in or watch it on Tuesday. And then people started saying, could you put it in some kind of journal, some kind of book? Well, I just finished writing two books, so I did not want to write a book, but it just flowed out of me. And it just became, and I got it here, it just became this really pretty book. Like it's a coffee table book, so you can put it on your coffee table, and it just is the story of today. I choose, and it just picks out some of the better, the best ones that were the most favourite ones. Talks about them, leaves you a place to journal to bring you on this journey of what are you going to choose today. So it happened by the the guiding of God, I guess, in a season when I realised people need to be reminded you still do have a choice. You can choose your attitude. You can choose your confession. You can choose what happens in your heart and in your soul. Um, And so those became kind of the founding blocks for Today
0: I Choose. (laughs) And I I follow you on social media. I think you do a fabulous job on social media. (laughs) So share with us one of your favorite Today I Choose.
1: I think just recently, actually, one of the ones that I just recently—I don't even know if I've recorded it yet. Maybe I'm recording it this week. But you know, I'm now that I'm in this mindset of you know capturing a thought about a choice that I made. You know, I was just t- talking to a group of young leaders this morning, and I was saying, you know, today you you got to choose to lead. Mm. I think I think a lot of people think that leadership arrives when you get a certificate or you go to Bible school or you graduate and get a qualification. But I was with my children just the other day and my son's 15 and um he, you know, he was asked to do some stuff with some friends and and he asked me about what I thought and I said, you know, you're gonna have to learn, you you're gonna have to decide when you choose to be a leader.
0: You're
1: hmm. 15, you have to decide when the leader in you is going to speak up. Because you get to choose whether you want to be part of that conversation. You get to choose whether you want to lead the conversation to a different direction. You get to choose whether you want to be in that company. And you get to choose whether you want to hang out in that kind of environment. Those are choices that you get to make at 15. Those are called leadership choices. You're now deciding where you're going to lead your life. Are you going to let them lead it? Or are you going to lead it? Are you going to lead the following the crowd and let them lead you? Or are you going to start leading the crowd in a different direction? I think that really is on my heart right now. I think with the collective and with this thing that I've been doing through today, I choose, I want people to realize, no, you get to choose to lead. When are you going to allow the leader in you to start making some choices? And mm. um, for my 18 year old, that's about to go to university, I'm trying to teach her this lesson like you've got to realize babe that your choices now are the things that are going to bring the leader out in you and and I believe our world is desperate right now to see what real leadership looks like we are tired of political fighting we're tired tired of people using a platform to backbite with somebody else we're tired of agendas we're tired of people yelling over one another mm-hmm. we just want to see people model great leadership and I believe that that is all of our job it's not the job of a few you know it's not celebrity pastor land that day is over we just want to see people lead their family well lead their marriage well lead in their job well and i think my thing right now that i'm fired up is, is when's the leader are you going to make a decision
0: tell me what you think is one non-negotiable trait of the kind of leader you're describing charlotte
1: Um, I think, well, I think there's, there's a few, I think, I think, you know, I was just jotting down on my notepad today, some of the things that I think are essential in the toolbox of of leading. I think you've got to have roots. I think that's essential. I think if you don't have roots, you're not accountable. You're Mm -hmm. not integrous. There's no one checking up on you. You know, you can't lead. If no one is helping you, speaking into you, shaping you, you know, you've got to have other voices. You know, the Lone Ranger days are over. Nobody wants to be led by the Lone Ranger. We want to be led by someone that has roots. Show me the roots in your marriage. Show me the roots in your friendships. Show me the roots in your belief. Show me the consistency in your life somewhere. And so I think that's an essential that, uh, that leaders must be rooted And, you know, a lot of times I find that uh, people that have got to a position of leadership no longer seem to have any sense of accountability anywhere or people don't really know who they are or what they're up to. There's no one checking in on them. That's just dangerous. You know, I always think about it this way. You know, when you when you begin to step into leadership in any area, it's kind of like when you first start to learn to drive and then you pass the test, you get the L plate off your car, you pass the test. But now you're allowed because you passed that first test to put passengers in your car. But when you're leading, you keep adding passengers, right? Mm. And the more passengers you add, the more that you're driving is going to affect them. So if you're out of control behind the wheel, not only you will be injured, but everybody else you put in the car with you will be injured. That's good. You know? And so I think, you know, that awareness of, I need to be rooted. I need to be grounded. I need accountability. And I think leaders need revelation, why, why are you leading and what are you leading? You know, what's, what's driving you. If what's driving you is Instagram followers or if what's driving you is one day you'll arrive on a platform somewhere, then your whole revelation of what leadership about is about is faulty. Hmm. But if your revelation is that Jesus calls all of us to lead in our community, to be a light, in the dark places, to lead with kindness and love and hope, to lead people into truth where they have be living in a lie, to lead people to a place of restoration where they're broken. If we have a revelation, this is a Jesus call on all our lives, then we're not looking for any of those things to define our leadership. We're just looking to get the Jesus part of us out. So I think a revelation is really important. I think sometimes I talk to young people and I'm like, well, why do you want to lead? You know, well, I want to lead because I feel I've got a gift to preach. Well, that's not a reason to lead (laughs) because leadership is not preaching. Leadership Mm -hmm. is actually living a life that people can follow and find Christ in. So I think it's a lot of things. There's resilience, there's our roots, there's our, you know, willingness to have that revelation. Relationships are important. I think it's many things. I don't think it's one thing, but I think just making sure that you as a leader are following the ultimate leader Mm -hmm. is a thing is most important
0: so good Charlotte so good I could talk to you for hours and we don't have hours I want to be very sensitive but people can dig so much deeper into your resources your book charlottegamble.com is where they can find you the dare to be podcast yeah with Natalie Grand and she was like you doing the what was it songs in a quarantine or uh well we did have a laugh because neither of us talked about that and it just kept so going, going we both I kind of started,
1: started it in our own you know houses and then I was like this is crazy and then and then she quit for me so <laughs> I was just like she, she, quit, she quit ages ago so <laughs> that girl didn't have the same power
0: oh no! <laughs> if she's hearing oh, that I about that. <laughs>
1: your fighting words.
0: well we just appreciate what what all of you are bringing to the table to sustain us this season I did not know you were still on lockdown to that extent we're continuing to pray for you guys over there what a What a challenging season, but I love the word you're giving us today. Today we choose, we always have a choice, Our perspective, our attitude, our declaration, so many great things. How are we going to extract the seed out of what we're going through? So for some of you guys listening and watching, you need to go back and take some notes. This is a take notes uh, episode. Charlotte, I'm going to let you go in just a moment, but I love to kind of conclude, uh, and then I'm going to ask you to pray for us. With this kind of fun question, it also helps me know just a little bit more insight into you. When we get to heaven, I would love to know who you most want to meet. And what you would like to ask them when you meet them?
1: I'm presuming outside of Jesus because outside I think mean, you have a very long line have, uh, like, to see
0: him. Yeah, preferably someone in the Bible, but not Jesus.
1: Okay. There are so many, I mean, I'd love to ask Jonah, what was it like to be in that whale and to try and run away from God? What was he thinking? But I think maybe just the, just the, the fun part and the, the just down to earth mum part of me is I would want to talk to Mary. I'd be like, girl, was he good? I mean, was he really, I mean, did he go through terrible twos? like tell me about that like like tell me a story that isn't written down like 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 when you went missing that day what were you thinking were you thinking oh I mean it's one thing to lose your car keys it's another thing to lose the savior of the earth you know what I'm saying no no pressure (laughs) there no pressure there problem I lost Jesus I think he's quite important
0: to the whole human race terrifying oh I mean and I do I I do she'll have a long line, but she'll be, I,
1: I think she'd be really cool to talk to. I think, you know, just felt what, what, what did you think when that angel showed up? How did you even compute that in your head? Like, what about when the baby left in your womb? What, I mean, what did you think when they took him to the cross? Like, I mean, like she would have to be the epic conversation that I would love to
0: have. Oh, I love it. I love it. And that shows your mom's heart and Charlotte, you're just such a, such a leading voice in our generation as a woman in leadership, as a pastor at myself, and just as a woman, I'm so grateful for the way that you have given God your yes. And you've chosen to make your life matter for the kingdom. And thank you for your time. Those of you that don't know, I had internet problems today and she was so gracious and flexible and changed her time to meet with me. And not everyone is willing to do that. So I'm so, um, I'm just grateful, but I'm also I see behind the scenes when I have these podcast interviews, and so you get to see that people really are the real deal. And so, thank you. I know you stayed late to do this today, and, I and my
1: husband's late. feeding my children. I hope otherwise they have a eaten. I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> but that's when the leader
1: in them needs to step up and make <laughs> their own dinner.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for all that you shared. I would love to invite you to just to pray over our listeners as we close. Charlottegamble.com, the Collective. Today, I choose all of her other resources, the Dare to Be podcast, so many things. If you're new to Charlotte, go find out all the things. She's a wealth of of resource and information in our generation. So thank you so much, Charlotte. I'd love for you to pray for us.
1: Thank you for having me. I've loved being with you. Let me pray for you all as we close. Father, I just thank you for the time we just had together. And God, I just pray for all those that are listening, maybe some that are struggling right now in a season that they find so difficult, even lonely, Lord. I just pray something that's been said today would be seed for them in this season, that they would sense some, some sense of hope coming back, a restoration coming back. I pray for some that they'd realize they don't have to be lonely today, that they would reach out and have the conversation that needs to be had. God, I thank you that you are with us and that you are for us. And God, I pray for boldness in every listener today to step up into the leader that you call them to be, whether that's in their home or in their family, in a workplace or in a school or college. God, I thank you for the gift that you placed inside every single person listening. God, it's our job to fan that into flames. So today, God, we breathe on that flame. We add, God, some fuel to that flame. And we just thank you, God, that you are the one that's going to guide and direct our path as we keep following you. So bless every listener today. Strengthen every weary soul and just fresh hope today to those that need it. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Season two is sponsored in part by Worley, Dahlberg, Yao, P-L-L-C. You can learn more about this award-winning law firm at lawfirmvirginia.com. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit AngelaDonatio.com for books, free goodies, and opportunities to feature your ministry or business as a sponsor. Find me on Facebook at AngelaDonatioVOV and Instagram at AngelaDonatio, where we do podcast giveaways each month. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's make life matter.